Welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Thank you, Kevin Kruger, for letting me have my podcast back. To my teammates, thank you so much for getting together with me to relive some great memories. I needed that, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, speaking of teammates, this entire podcast is a team effort. So, have you asked your friends and family to check out the podcast? Have you asked them to follow us on social media? Because I need followers. The Chris Williams Podcast Hour can be found on social media, IG and Twitter, at the Chris Will Pod, and on Facebook, the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Now, I have a real doozy of a podcast today. The one and only Hall of Fame running back from St. Edward High School and Baldwin Wallace College, Danny Andrews. Now, I got to go back to teammates and friends. It's hard to find a greater gift than friendship. We, as an I take it for granted, that my friends will be there forever. I take it for granted that my family will be there forever. Unfortunately, time passes and so many missed memories and opportunities to make new memories, they just go by us. Yes, we all have the day-to-day requirements of life, but what about the few minutes we spend idle, idly waiting or worrying about something that's nowhere near as important as a friend or a family member? How many times do you say to yourself, I need to call my sister. I need to call my brother. I need to call my parents or my friend. Or you wonder how certain people are doing. But you never get around to contacting them. You have the time. You just don't do it. You get self-involved and caught up and say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. I'll do it the next day. And so much time passes, you forget altogether. After 34 years and seeing some of my friends for the first time, I have huge regrets. I wish I would have contacted my former teammates or classmates sooner just to see what was happening in their lives or just to say hello. Hell, what I really wish is I could just dial my mom one more time. I say all this to encourage you to pick up the phone and dial a family member or a friend. Whether it's late in the day or early in the morning, just call and say, hey, I was thinking of you and I love you. Even if it's brief. Think how good it feels when you see someone you haven't seen in a long time. Or you hear from an old friend or family member. I want to express sincere condolences to Pat Kennedy and family. Your mom was awesome, and we all feel your pain. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour.
Welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, and today it is with great privilege I get to introduce to you one of the greatest running backs ever to wear the green and gold at St. Edward High School. Matter of factly, not one discussion about St. Ed's football happens without mentioning his name. Let me introduce to you a man that held all of the career rushing titles at one time at St. Ed's, a Hall of Famer at both St. Ed's and Baldwin Wallace College, a leader, and a guy that taught me a lot about responsibility. Please welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, Danny Andrews. Danny, welcome to the Podcast Hour. How are you doing? Good, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh man, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And so, all right, uh, before quick, we get, this is all, all I want to say real quick. If this is like a 60 Minutes interview, I want the Joe Biden questions. I don't want the Trump questions. <laughs> or, or is this like the Joe Rogan hour? We can just have some fun and freewheel it a little bit. <laughs> It'll be more like the Joe Rogan hour. <laughs> we'll have okay. some fun and freewheel it. <laughs> nice, Danny. Way to open this and up. No, and no, right. no, no question. The only question I ever get, at St. Ed's, and they talk about running backs. So, like, how, how much better that was Chris Williams than you? I bet, I'm sick of hearing that question. I said a lot better. <laughs> good answer. Good I answer. I said I was lucky to start senior year. It was good. <laughs> nice. All right. It's your nice. show, I guess. No. It's, hey, listen. This one, it's, this is – thank you for agreeing to come on here. Um, it's all about storytelling, and it's all about you. And it's about your stories from St. Ed's and BW to even now. So feel free at any time to interrupt me and tell me a story if you want to, all right? All right, great. All right. All right, here's where we're going to kick this off. So you grew up in Lakewood, and your CYO days were at St. Luke's. And that's, you yeah. know, that's when I remember the legend starting. So talk about – Talk a little bit about St. Luke's and Lakewood, what it was like when you were growing up. Well, St. Luke's was, when I grew up at St. Luke's, they had a great tradition. A, a lot of great St. Ed's football players went through there. Um, Paul Garagash, he went to Michigan. He had a great career there. I think one of Bo Schembecker's most favorite players. We had Mike Moline. Everyone knows the reputation of Mike Moline, Paul McGuire. A lot of great players, great coaches. Um, we had Jerry Berry and Mike Monner were their coaches. They both were great players at St. Ed's. I think Mike Monner played with Tom Cousineau. So, and we ran the run and shoot too. So it was, and I think Joe Rebar was hanging around. So St. Luke's was great. We had a lot of really uh, tough, hardworking kids over there. Friends for life. I mean, St. Ed's guys were there with Jim Fox, Pat Lane, Henry, Gorski, John Dever, Sean Loftus, just a, a lot of great guys. Scott Spicer was there. He was, went to the wrong school, though. He was always a, he was a great football player. So. But it was he, really he was great. a quarterback. Yeah, and it was right down the street when, it, you know, right from St. Ed's. I could walk to Ed's. I didn't even have to hit a traffic light. Nice, nice. But we, right. we won the city championship. It was, we had really great coaches. St. Luke's was a lot of fun. Okay. Now, your eighth grade year, you didn't get to play CYO. Is that correct? That's right. I was too heavy. Okay. I couldn't make the weight. I think the weight limit was 115. I was like 130. So I went and ended up playing over in the Lakewood Public Schools. Had a great coach over there, Al Lindsay. We had a great season, the Bulldogs. So uh, 
I missed playing with my, uh, you know, my fellow St. Luke's guys, but uh, it was a great experience. I got to know a bunch of Lakewood guys, and Al Lindsay treated me like a son, and we had a great relationship till to his up until his death. I was uh, got to speak at his funeral, so that really was a that worked oh, wow. out in the end. That was fun. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Now the reason I bring up your eighth grade year, my seventh grade year, my team ended up winning the city championship. But the showdown that everybody talked about, and unfortunately you didn't make weight that year, was St. Luke's versus Annunciation. It didn't happen. Uh, I know they had a running back by the name of Eddie Zacharias that replaced you, but he wasn't Danny Andrews. And I, and I never heard the end of that, and people still talk about that. So. Oh, wow, I forgot. Yeah, you guys won it? Yeah, that would have been – you never would have won it, of course, if I played. No, Eddie was really good, though. I remember Eddie. Yeah, because he came yes. over from the public school to play eighth grade. He was fantastic, Ed. Yes, he was. And he ended up going to play at Lakewood. So Yes. Good kid. Now, Danny, your mom and dad played a big role in your life, and you mentioned in the past how Mr. Andrews taught you the importance of hard work and education. So tell us more about your parents and any stories you can share and, and you know what they instilled in you. Oh, yeah. My dad and my uncle Craig both graduated from Ed's early on. My dad was 55. His brother Craig was 56. So long lineage. They're, they had a kind of a rough upbringing. Their uh, mother died when my dad was uh, um, two and my uncle Craig was one. So, uh, but they ended up turning out, both of them, to be great guys. I mean, if I start thinking about my dad, I, I really am thinking about growing up. I don't think I ever saw him in the morning one time. I, I, none of the kids got up before him. My dad was always gone by five. And then when he got home, he'd go wrestling basketball games and uh, football games. So he was always working really hard. And the guy was great. He never, never really pushed any of the kids to go play basketball or anything, but he always had us around sports and, you know, the importance of family, school, and religion was, were, uh, you know, always big parts of, uh, our lives. And my mother, too, my mom um, was great. She stayed home for a long time with us. There was five of us in six years. But she ended up going to St. Ed. She started there as a part-time librarian. Then she moved over to St. Ignatius, where she took over and ran the library for years, went and got her master's. So my mom really, uh, and I think both of these, both of my parents just uh, were really um, set the example and uh, were really hard work. You know, um, okay. You know, when you talk about hard work, and you know, people talk about privilege de- these days. My parents sure never had it. They, they earned everything they got, and they set the example uh, that we uh, needed. I, I listened to this one um, speech. It was by Denzel Washington. He he was mm-hmm. talking to uh, Dillard University, and it's a great. If you have time, you gotta listen to it. It's about a nine-minute speech. But basically what he said is what my dad said. He's hard work works. Working really hard is what successful people do. And I think that about sums up my, my dad and my mom. Oh, wow. Great people. Okay. That's awesome. Awesome. And now you have four brothers. Three well. brothers. Three brothers. Okay. So I'm three fourth, brothers. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So and the, were they all St. Ed's guys as well? Bobby, Mike, and John. Yeah, Bobby, 84, Mike, 88, John, 89. 
and they all they all played football and had a great uh, time at St. Ed's. They're all uh, big fans to this day. We always talk football. We're still talking football every once in a while. And my actually, my brother Mike has the freshman playing uh, freshman football this year. He's um, Eddie's having a great career. You'll be hearing from him too. Okay, okay. I, he's the one I saw the video of. He looks very talented. So I'm excited to see what. what yeah, comes he, about he's with his got career. some height. He's about six foot already. His Mike's wife's family's got some height where we were a little bit lacking. So there's some hope All for right. him for size. Okay. All right. So obviously. Before you even came to St. Ed's, St. Ed's was a part of you guys' blood. So, And like oh, you yeah. said, you had Scott Spicer that went down to West 25th Street. Did you ever try to convince him to come join you at St. Ed's, or was it immediate separation? He just made up his mind. And he no, we, we tried. We thought it was, it was possible, but, you know, his dad was a great player down at St. Ignatius. So it was close. Um, Scott always, I had a lot of respect for St. Ed's and, like, I had a lot of respect for Ignatius. So, you know, I guess we were enemies, like, uh, one week of the year for four years. That's about it. <laughs> All right. That's but, no, Ed, Ed's was in the family. I, I mean, when I first grew up, my dad, I think I was up there in the 70s. I remember going to the Parma scrimmage when I was probably three because I, I thought it was I was going to die. It was 100 degrees. But it was family tradition. We would go out to my Uncle Tommy's in Westlake and pick up his pickup truck because my dad used to bring the pickup truck all the way to Ed's every Saturday on the road. He would take the equipment for the roads games, the water bottles and all that stuff. So we got to drive in the back of the truck and it was kind of a trip. We got to see my uncle Tommy, my Mary Jane and my uh, cousin Mike. It was a great, so, I mean, it started early. I even remember walking up the street, we'd walk up Manor Park and my dad was before Glassnet announced the games. So it was cool. Uh, my mom would be like, that's your dad's voice over the loudspeaker. So, I mean, it was way back with Dan Flaherty, Marston. I remember everybody. I remember the big truck in the backyard. I mean, it goes back. Oh, wow. And I remember the heartbreaker in 75 when we lost to Moeller. We were probably better than them with a couple of mistakes towards the end. Just a lot of great memories up there. I mean, I remember my favorite players there. At the school, I can always remember in the 70s all the, the great players. I remember you probably have a few of your own that you can remember when you were growing up. But, oh, yeah, it was, it was like the – my dad ran the clock of the hoop games too, so it was, uh, it was awesome being around the school. And uh, just I remember Clark Kellogg. I remember Cousineau yeah. wrestling, Golick. I was at all that stuff. Wow! So, wow! Because when I actually I, I remember all that because I had to write this down. I they were gave me the Bronze Eagle Award, which is nice, St. Ed's, but they made me. I dug in and started thinking about the past. Someone laughed. They're like, "Well, who was your favorite player of all time at St. Ed's?" I remember it was a basketball player, Gary Sprecker. He was awesome. The guy was unbelievable. I was at that time. I think it. I don't know what grade I was in. Maybe fourth or fifth, and. You know, someone's like, Gary Sprecher, you pull that one out of nowhere. But I remember everybody. <laughs> that is really cool. And, you know, we, we recently Larry talked, you know. remember him. Yeah. What was it? What I'll, was I'll bet. I'll bet. No, we recently talked, and, I, and I'm, and i I'm like, really floored by the 
the history of St. Ed's because we were talking about a game and you started rattling stuff off and I was like, how does Danny even remember that? But, you know, knowing how you were remembered at St. Ed's and how you recognize the history, like once a year people, they should have a class with Danny Andrews <laughs> with students that are cur- seriously with current students and talk to you and that passion that, that comes through you and it's amazing. So, you know, well, kudos yeah, I, to you. I, hey, I think I was tell Urbis I was there before him. I was hanging around before <laughs> Urbis. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> but you know what? Even like remember the old book, uh, The Edge. I remember my dad always said that in the house. You know, I never said this to Urb. You know, Greg retired. Um, I haven't been up there as much as I would like. Been around, but I was thinking about that Edge. There's a saying in there. Um, the bridge builder. I forget exactly how it goes, but it's kind of like Urbis. It's basically, why'd you build this bridge? Because you're never going to come this way again. And it's like I built it for the next guy. That's like Urbis. I mean, people like that up at St. Ed's, are, you know, they just put their time in. They're tireless workers. Urb- Urbis is just a great guy. But that kind of yes. reminded me of him, that, uh, yes. that quote in the edge. It's pretty cool. Well, that sums everything up. We can end it right there. But seriously, all the people that have come before us and the bridges that they've built so that we could walk through and then pave the way for the next generation, that's why St. Ed's is so special. Seriously, that is totally why it's so special. But, Danny, let's talk about your four years there because that's what everybody wants to know. Talk about First, talk about the impact St. Ed's has had on you in your life. Well, first, I mean, I was just at a wedding last week. Dave Grottle's daughter got married, so it was great. Um, Dave, I work with Dave, so, um, you know, I got to see, uh, again, Jim Fox was there, Larry McManaman, um, guys we played football with, Will Schill, Mike Ziska, just a group of guys. And, you know, the friendships you build, I think it's it's, it's a little, it's really special, it seems like. The guys you you just stay in touch with over the years, like you do. I mean, you were just recently in a game with Keith's kid, good old who's playing. It's it's just amazing. The teachers you remember, the life lessons. You know, the football that I played basketball. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. you learn a lot too. And really, when it comes down to it, for football, basketball, and everything, it's an extremely competitive place, and you got to work hard and. You know, you face challenges there with academics, and I did because I wasn't a great student. Um, but, you know, I worked hard at it. But in the religion aspect of it, I think they, when we were there, I think the religion aspect, they kept pushing it on us, and not directly but subtly that, you know, when you leave the place, you should try to leave it a better place and make the world a better place. And I think they're doing a great job of that that right now. And um, I just, you know, it was a great place for me. I fit in and, you know, it, it, it worked for me because I had some challenges, like I said, with academics, but we worked through it. But they welcomed me in there and it, it worked out. And for my brothers and the whole family, it's just been, it's been great. Okay. All right. So the name Danny Andrews, it comes up an awful lot. And honestly, anytime I hear someone start talking about St. Ed's football, the next thing that's mentioned is usually Danny Andrews. And it's, and it's not all the time mentioned 
versus Chris Williams. It's just it's just a rich tradition. So you're a St. Ed's Hall of Famer, obviously one of the greatest running backs ever to wear the green and gold. Talk about that honor and what you feel when you're mentioned in such high esteem. And please don't be modest or else I will get 60-minute Trump on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Um, it's, you know, it was a great honor. It's really, it was really fun. I remember just the, the junior and senior year playing, being able to uh, have all the guys. We worked so hard in the off-seasons. I mean, really, really worked hard, all the guys. I mean, it started, I remember when we were freshman, we had Dan Barnhart used to drill us, and our class especially would made it, I think, especially um, rewarding. Is There wasn't a lot expected of us. We didn't have a lot of big-time D1 recruits. So I think, um, you know, Greg Worsh went to Miami, and he said, obviously, Brian Flannery, but we didn't have a huge offensive line, and we kind of just came together, and, you know, it just as me being the tailback with Al O'Neill, I got all the glory, right? You know how it is. Right. When you get the ball 30 times and no one else gets it, you you know, I can't walk very good anymore. I can't walk very well. And uh, my buddy Sean Loftus always blames Tom Chambers when I see him. He was the guard. He said he kept missing blocks all year. So I don't know. Oh, but we had, it was just awesome. We had, a, we had a great senior class. We made a run. I, the only teams we lost, team we lost to through my whole career, our class, was St. Joe's. We lost to freshman JV and uh, twice the seniors, and they were absolutely loaded. And we gave them hell each game, so. But I feel it's an honor. I mean, there's so many good running backs now. I mean, it's it's completely crazy. I mean, you know, you're getting challenged. I think you know maybe Cole Guest is pretty good. I remember mm-hmm. Stover and you. There's just so many good ones now. Oh, the one last year, um, Ramadi. I mean, isn't it amazing that the players yes. that they've had over the years? Yes, yes, it is. You they know? and they keep. It's good because me and you, I'm getting better. I'm definitely getting better the older I get, and I actually. Now that I'm older, I, I, I'm making up stats. I, when I was younger, I was a little bit more modest. Now I'm just looking for attention. I'm like, no, I, I was the best, and I was great. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, I've completely changed my head. I used to, now I'm just making, I'm getting better with age, for sure. Because no one can go back far. There's no film on me. So. <laughs> Who remembers? So you just tell them something, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. I ran for 2,700 yards. So, all right. So, since we're going down memory lane, I want to talk about you know some of the performances that made you a a legend. So, I'm going to start with my greatest memory of Danny Andrews and what I still believe is your greatest game. So, your junior year, Mobley gets injured before the St. Joe's game, and you have to step in and make your first varsity start as at tailback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the team doesn't miss a beat. And I want to say you ran for over 200 yards, but you had the long run that put them away. Do you remember yeah. that game, or what do you remember about yes, that game? Yes, I do. I remember I ran for, like, 260, and then I had, like, a long one for a touchdown, and it got yes. called back. And I would have set the school record, yes. but uh, it got called yes. back. But, like, yes. yeah, St. Joe's, that was a week down year for them, I think, too. Thank God. I got, a, I got an easy start there. <laughs> but the but next week, the... I was, hey, the next week I was really upset. So we're ready to play Mayfield in the playoffs. And my dad's like, what's the deal with Mobley? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I, 
I, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play. And he's like, oh, we really need him. I hope he can make it. I'm like, Dad, I'm, I'm fine. What's wrong with <laughs> And I'm like, but no, he's right. We were a better team with Tristan there. But I was like, I remember that. Um, but, no, that was fun to get that start that year. I, I forgot about that game a little bit. No, um, that was that, that was, was nice really running behind that team. line. Those guys were good. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. Kevin and we won't bring up the Mayfield game. We'll just gloss over that one. No, nah, we'll, we'll ignore that. But the Joes game, that, that Joes game your junior year, it put a huge bullseye on your back. Because I remember your senior year, and we were getting ready to play Joes, and I remember the kids yelling, where's Andrews? We want Andrews. And I was like, Jesus, what did he do to him? And then I remembered the, uh, your junior year game, and they were real salty about that. So yeah, you know, then we go, and, like you said, Senior year, you only you only use lose two games, and it's both the Joes games. So, what stood out from you from about those games, and what memories do you have? Because that was your last high school game. You know, I do remember we played Joes the first time. We lost six nothing. We had the ball at the three yard line. I think at the end of the first half, we tried a field goal. We missed it. It was rain the second we got on the bus, or in the sec once the game was over, it stopped. Stop. It was muddy. We were driving at the end of the game. We had a couple really close calls, and you know we just couldn't we just couldn't get it done. But I do remember how hard fought those games were. The St. Joe's games were the toughest games I ever played, and the Saint or the Shaker game. If you remember, remember how good those guys were on defense. Yes. Both so the two Joe's yes. games and the Shaker Heights game senior year were really hard fought games. I mean, really tough, really tough sled. And you know how it gets whenever you're fighting for every yard. It's just an yes. absolute war. Um, mm-hmm. We never gave in. I think St. Joe's just had a lot of talent. They were just loaded. But we fought tooth and nail. We almost had them. And, you know, we were lucky. Hey, remember I threw the TD pass to you and Averill against Shaker? That's that was right. Fun. Shaker height. That was a Shaker height game. That was a lot of fun. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, they couldn't throw. Mar- Martina couldn't throw. He hurt his arm. <laughs> And he's just uh, like, I don't know. We didn't really have a quarterback. That was kind of interesting. Oh, so since you brought that up, Danny, how many times did you practice that? How many times did we practice the halfback pass in practice? I thought we did it kind of a lot, didn't we, at the end? I can't remember <laughs> that one. I mean, I think we did it a lot. Well, you know, not a ton, but yeah. it worked. It did. It worked. It, it was just talented guys going at it. So, yeah. and you know, the other thing that stands out in the Joe's game, and I just told this to Brian Flannery, they stuck me in at fullback. And they were like, just run this route. And next thing I know, the ball was coming to me, and it was probably around the 15, 20-yard line, and I dropped it on the sideline, which probably could have set <laughs> us up for a score. So I apologize to your class. <laughs> That's all right. You made up for it. All right. But is there a particular game – uh, that stands out for you, your greatest game or memory? No, I was just glad to win that Shaker game because I thought they were really good. They were undefeated. They were really extremely tough. Jay White, the guy they had, I think they had a couple oh, yes. other guys. A couple guys made pro on that team. Um, but, you know, I, you know, there's so many. Every win was good. I loved it. Toledo, Scott was good when we were. You were a junior. The Akron. I remember we beat a Larry Catholic. They hadn't lost in like seven years um, out there, and we beat them on their home field. We beat them pretty bad. I think you rushed for a hundred and ten, and yeah, I rushed we had a for good a night. 
270. That was a big game for us. That was a really good game, especially at Illyria Catholic. It was the first time they had lost in like three or four years, like you said. So yeah, they yeah, had a they, they had a powerhouse. But I remember that game because you know the AIDS virus was happening at that time, and I remember we came out right after pregame, and their stands they rolled out this big banner, and it said Saint AIDS. Oh my God! Like, wow. I remember that. Yeah, I was like, exactly. how freaking disrespectful is that? I was, I was lit after that. So, and the luckily I got a couple said, carries. Yeah, the good Catholic said Larry Catholic did that. That's <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. So, so, I, for, so Danny, so people who didn't get to see you play, like you said, there's no film on us anywhere. So, how would you describe your running style? And what back, if any, would you compare yourself to? Or did you try to model your game after? Jeez. Uh, I don't know. You know, everyone looks at me like, oh, you were a big run. You'd run people over right now. It's kind of a, a slasher. You know, no thinking involved. Just the body would kind of just take me where I needed. I was more of a instinctive uh, runner. You know, the natch, I didn't just kind of came – you know, the flow, it just, just happened. You know, not a lot of thought, just kind of had a feel for going into the right positions, being able to see the cutbacks, and, you know, I didn't fumble very much. Just I had a good feel for where I was on the field, just instinctive. Okay. I don't know who would be a good, good you know, Gale Sears maybe. There you I'm go. I'm just kidding. I'll I'm, not, I'm not I'll that fast. <laughs> None of us were. <laughs> So that, that's funny. That's funny. So, but you know what? I I remember. I you know you would always give a leg, take it away, and then sometimes you'd give a leg, and then you'd give them a forearm, a shoulder, and run people over as well. So you had a nice combination. You talk about the slasher, yeah. but yeah, you, the, you you had a nice yeah, combination. At the, end, at the end, you gotta just get what you can, right? Take what you can. Yes. Yes. All right. So going into my senior year. I felt a heck of a lot of pressure because I was coming after you. So I always wondered, following Mobley's footsteps, did you feel a lot of pressure going into your senior year? Um, no, not really. I mean, well, it get, the Ignatius game maybe just because I knew all those guys. I'm like, I have to win this game. I remember Tim Highland used to tell me, if you lose this game, you're going to be running this guy 25 years down the road at the grocery store, and then he'll be looking at you, and you'll be looking at him, and you'll know exactly what he's thinking. So, that, no, that was the pressure game. I wanted to win that game, of course. Um, but, you know, we worked so hard. I worked so – I mean, I told my nephew, I said, you have to work. You have to go as hard as you can. I ran till I threw up every day of the summer and lifted – I was ready. I never got tired. I worked. I think I maybe overdid it, but when I say I worked till I got sick, I worked to failure every day. I was ready to go my senior year. I learned. I got taught young how to work out, and uh, I was prepared. So I was, I, you know, I, I kind of knew what was ahead of me, you know, because we played. Like, you got to play a little when you were – you played when you were junior started, so mm -hmm. I was ready. Okay. I was, we just didn't have the big names. You know, we were – we weren't expected to do much either, which we did. We went 10-2, and two, so 
we overachieved a little, I think. Yeah, and I still think we're more talented than people gave us credit. So mm-hmm. I just think we, you know, one or two plays on offense, and it, man, we we do a lot more than you know ten and two. So I'm you know, and I think your game. class was the same. Your class was the same. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You guys were a player away from winning the state title. You know. Exactly. And you had those amazing games against Mid Park and Berea. Those were crazy. I think you got into Sports Illustrated because of that, right? I think so. Faces in the crowd. Faces in the crowd. I sure was, yes. (laughs) I went to those games. I was at PW, so I was at those games. Okay, okay. All right. So you graduate from St. Ed's holding multiple rushing records and – and you have the legend status, right? Yeah. So you go on to BW uh, to have another Hall of Fame career. But before we talk about the BW career, talk about what it was like when you were getting recruited when you were coming from St. Ed's. You know, I got a lot of – when I was a junior, I got a lot of letters from D1s. Um, he visited Bowling Green, Akron, I think. Miami sent me some, some things, but, you know – Chris had a great year. Williams, he ended up getting a scholarship to, um, or I mean, Chris Mobley got the scholarship to OU. He had a great year. Um, you know, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I didn't really want to go. I didn't get anything really big or no money. I got some preferred walk-on stuff. You know, so I was just talking to my dad. We went up to Hillsdale College. I was looking there. Some of those OAC schools. Um, the small, the Mac schools, but again, I wasn't getting anything. So I ended up knowing a few guys from Lakewood, older kids out at BW. I visited out to BW. My dad really liked Packard. And um, I, like I said, I knew some people out there. So I ended up just going to BW and it was, it, it was a really good decision for me. Okay. Yes. I, obviously, obviously. You go on to have another Hall of Fame career. Like I said, and, and talk about your special relationship with Coach Packard. Oh, yeah, Coach Packard was great. Me and him, I, you know, I ended up being a team captain out there, so I had a lot of communication with him my senior year, and uh, he was just a great guy. I, we got along immediately on a personal level. Um, he was just a great guy. Um, and there was other coaches out there I had a great relationship with, the running back coach Trashkey. There was another good coach who actually was out at Lakewood, Coach Selick. We had old-time coaches Demerly and Van Dues, and really, we just had a great coaching staff. Great men. They were always helpful. Packard was great. He was always watching over us. I went over there with Brian Dudash, who you played baseball with, over at mm-hmm. St. Ed's. He came over. Um, we just Packard was just a great guy. It was a great. It ended up working out great for me. I got to play early. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was really great. And I got lifelong friends, just like St. Ed's. I mean, I got a couple of the uh, – Dirk Schneider from Rocky River. I mean, Brian Dudash. I got guys, a lot of Youngstown guys, Dave Cardwell, just a ton of guys out there that I, I'm still friendly with to this day. The, uh, Doug Halbert from St. Louis, Little Thomas Aquinas. Just great relationships. Oh, wow keeping them to this day. And, you know, I stay close to the program. You know, I think the new Coach Hilbert over there is going to turn things around. So 
We're doing nice. good. That's good. That's good. So the common theme, Danny, that in everything we've talked about so far, it has been leadership with you. Where your leadership ability, where did that come from? You know, being uh, having three brothers, were you the youngest? I, I was the second oldest. Bobby was the oldest second and the two youngest. Okay. okay. And, and I had so, a younger sister, too. Okay. So where did your leadership ability come about? Where, when did you start recognizing that you had that skill or that you were special in that way? You know, I never really recognized it that way. I think um, it was just a, with the football and the basketball and playing, it was just, you know, building great relationships with the teammates, supporting them, trying to make them better, and then continuing to work hard. I thought the most important thing was always for football was just work, continually work hard by example. I mean, I think that's what Coach Packard liked. We always, you know, worked hard in the offseason, drove the other guys to get better, and always played hard on the practice field. Just got, you know, we were, you know, just played really hard, tried to be as tough as possible on the football field, never give an inch on anybody, just be tough. You know, okay. play hard. Right. And, you know, you get that from where you came from. I came from St. Luke's. You know, Lakewood wasn't the toughest place, but there was, the coaches were tough. Some, you know, it was, it was always um, a challenge. And you always had to you – know, in Lakewood, we always used to have to play against the older kids at Emerson. And it was just a good area or a good uh, atmosphere to learn how to, you know, be a fighter, I guess. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so I, I had to ask you this. So what feelings or memories overcome you when I say Danny Andrews, Baldwin Wallace team captain, a four-year starter, rushed for a record 1,900 yards, 18 touchdowns, caught 110 passes for over 800 yards, another three Ds and pass receptions. You return kickoffs and punts for an amazing 3,400 all-purpose yards, and in 2014, inducted into the Baldwin-Wallace Hall of Fame. What feelings and memories overcome you when you hear that? Uh, just, I was just blessed to be, be a part of the BW program. It was just it's really a great program, a lot of history there, a lot of great people. I'm just proud to, uh, you know, it just was great. I, you know, a lot of hard work. Paid off, it paid off, great teammates, great coaches, great parents, and it was a lot of fun. I guess I got – someone said, like, was asking me a question about two records I had. They go – and they might have both be broken now, but they're like, he got the most carries in BW history and the most carries at St. Ed's, but you don't have the most yards. Can you explain that one to me? I'm like, I don't oh, know. Like Stover had half the carries and broke my records. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. But no, those, it's just an honor to be at two great schools. I mean, being at a place like St. Ed's and Baldwin Wallace, it's just really got lucky going to both those places. Two good decisions my parents helped me make. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That is real strong. So. Danny, so I have games that I replay in my head. Are there particular games or a game that sticks out to you? And tell us why. 
You know, it's always the losses, you know. It's the losses. You know, the, the St. Joe's game was a heartbreaker. But really, the one game, I really think my junior year when we lost to Mayfield was about as tough as a loss as you get. We were kind of unfortunate. We had the higher seed. We had to play at Mayfield. Chris ran for a touchdown, got called back. He ran down to the five-yard line, another holding call. They returned a punt, a touchdown. You know, it was just a really tough beat we, we took. And you got, you know, Mayfield played a great game. They had great players. But that was a really, to this day, that's tough to, uh, a tough, tough loss at St. Ed's. At BW, we had a real heartbreaker um, against Capital when I was a sophomore that me and my buddies from BW, remember, we lost on one of the last plays of the game and didn't make the playoffs, so it was kind of tough. But, you know, you don't remember the good, you know, it seems like you remember the losses, you know. Yes, yes, I, I totally get that. <laughs> don't, want to, don't want to be a downer, but that's the, those are the ones I remember. Yes. Yeah, that's that's usually how it works out. What I could have fixed, right? <laughs> right. So you graduate from B, uh, Baldwin Wallace with a business degree, and yes. you have been as successful off the field as you are on the field. So describe that journey to how you went from being an athlete to where you are today. Well, you know, the business um... – it was tough just coming out of college, you know, obviously trying to learn. And, you know, you're thinking when you leave school, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's going to be really, really easy to get up and just start being and making millions and all that. And it's it's a rude awakening for a lot of people. And, you know, it's a grind. Um, but um, as far as the business world, it's, you know, when I look at, your business compared to sports and other things that are in school where you're trying to be successful, you know, it's the same principles apply. In business, obviously, number one, it's hard work. Hard work does work. And, and you know, working really hard gets it done, like Denzel Washington says. But you got to be creative. Where, where I am now, our guys are super creative. They work really hard, but everybody works hard. We sell a commodity in, in most cases, some specialty stuff, but we got to separate ourselves. So that means being be creative. And I'll tell you what, like St. Ed's and it just my parents, the number one reason I think the companies that I've had have been successful is we're honest all the time in, in, our, in our word and what we do on um, the guys. And when I'm saying honest, you know, we are completely upfront and transparent with our customers and suppliers. Um, and, and think if you're going to tell young kids, just go out there and be as straightforward when you're cutting your deals and doing your things, um, when you're doing the right things, you're always going to end up on top. You're not going to win all the battles, but you know, that's really, um, part of it. And, you know, people talk about, you know, there's classes about entrepreneurship and work and how that all works. And, you know, I've learned businesses are just, it's like a football stance in the beginning of the summer, two-a-days. You know, it starts with the fundamentals. You know, um, ideas are great, but to sustain, like, a successful business, you know, you have, to implement, you have to implement processes and you have to deal with the little things every day, customer service, collecting money, all different aspects of your business that you've got to stay on top of all the time or you won't 
be successful. I mean, nobody's an overnight sensation. Um, I've been being able to build my business up with the help of great people. You got to hire great people. I got Ed's guys working for me. Like I said, Dave Grotto, Adam Averill, you pay, played with him. He's mm-hmm. great. I got my cousin Billy. Andrews works with me. He went to Ed's. Bill nice. Kirkholder. I played with Charlie over there. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the success has just been really through hard work, but I think we have a, a different approach. You know, we don't, we're not by the book. I told the guys, you know, think out, think differently than other people. Don't want, you don't want to be just like the average Joe out there. You got to separate yourself. So. Okay. And a so, little luck, too. Got a little luck. Yeah, I met some great people along the way. My, my first box, boss was a Greek guy. And he, you know, I come from an Irish Catholic family. He, he taught me a lot about money. Um, that my dad, not that my dad wasn't great with money, which he was, but uh, it wasn't a real priority. Um, so he taught me a lot. I just learned a lot from a lot of different people, which from diverse backgrounds, it's just helpful. Nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good, that diversity. So, so describe being a leader on the field and carrying the ball. How similar is that to owning a business and what are the differences, if any? You know, out on the field, it's, you know, you're performing day to day. You've got to go out there and, and perform. And it's the same thing in, in a business. But as I grew the business, I had to kind of change my role as just from a salesman. I had to let, like, the other guys be able to um, perform at a high level. So I think there's a little bit more coaching that I'm doing now with the guys than performing. I'm still helping them a lot, but I'm more or less giving them some ideas and strategies on how to attack what we're trying to achieve as far as getting sales and an approach to certain customers, how to add value, and so forth. So, and I give them my ideas, but I let them do what they want. Um, they're in these events trying to get business, trying to grow the business. Um, I'll give them ideas, but I give them, I give them definitely. I'm not micromanaging anyone. I want them to, you know, stand on, let them know that I'm, I'm giving them their ability to go out, create their own deals. I'll support them any way they go, um, just as long as they follow through and are committed and do the business the right way. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's just a little, little subtle differences. Okay. All right. And, and, Danny, what advice do you have for someone that's pursuing a career similar to yours? whether it's athletics or business? I, it, it's, I think it's kind of way you talk about your parents or successful people you look back on, and it's really simple. It's you got to be – a lot of the guys that I, I went to college with and hang around with these days, they're like grinders. you got to be a grinder. you got to stick with it. It is so hard. If you keep working at it every day, you do something every day, you can be successful. So I just tell people if you want to be successful, it's hard, but it's rewarding. But you gotta, you gotta grind. You gotta stay to the path. You gotta have faith that if you do the right things every day, you're gonna have more wins than losses, um, and things will work out. And things don't always work out right away. They didn't for me. Um, I had a lot of, lot of failures along the way, disappointments. But got lucky too. I think you know the harder you work. The luckier you get, 
You know, a lot of yeah. people are always like, how do you do it? You're so lucky. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not that lucky. We work at it. <laughs> and then the guys around <laughs> around me all work at it. Nice. Nice. All right. All right. Shameless plug time. So brag about your company, Olympic Forest Products, and also about your family. Oh, yeah. My family's interested. It's great. My lovely wife, May, and I have three boys, Joe, Charlie, and Jack, and uh, they're just uh, they're great. Um, I don't know much to say. Um, you know, when I had the boys, um, when we had the boys and when actually the youngest, Joe, was growing up, Joe ended up starting to have some issues as far as with food and some verbal issues. And my wife kind of caught on to this early. And uh, so my first two boys with Joe, when he found out Joe was on the spectrum, autistic, and so was Charlie. And my youngest boy, Jack, is atypical. But so it was great. My wife's been really awesome with me and the boys. She's really when you know you get you when you have boys that have some issues like the our our family has it's kind of it's a really a blessing when we look at the boys and how they are and you know the challenges that they have they make them really uh unique in their own way and different which is cool really special but uh when it first came about I'm like man we can handle this this isn't really a a big problem but my wife was uh able to um show to show me the way that you know getting help and having other people help you out there were good. We were able to, uh, my wife was really just, she's just so good with the boys. You know, it gives me the ability to go out and work and make a living for the the family. And uh, she's been great. She got the boys the help they needed. They're doing really awesome. They go to the Westlake schools and the Westlake schools have been really phenomenal for the kids and my kids are doing great. So, and he's got involved in a lot of stuff with them, and she's supporting this charity out there, connecting for kids with other families that, you know, mothers have to work and fathers have to work, so they're getting, they need help outside the family. So, they're, you know, they're not out, out there alone because it's, it's kind of challenging when you've got two people working and you have some kids with some special needs that, uh, you know, they're not atypical, so it takes a lot of time and understanding and so forth. But Amaze has been, the family's been awesome. Um, the boys are truly a blessing. And, uh, you know, my boy Joe, I try to get him to play football early, but it's just dinosaurs, sharks, and all that. If you want to know anything about dinosaurs, sharks, he's the best. He's awesome. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> nice. you know, Amaze done right. You know, a lot of your um, your classmates, I think, um, Jimmy Salmon and Mike um, Simon, they do a lot Simon, of uh, yeah. good with kids with the uh, – autism issues, autistic speaks, and so, um, but the family's great. My wife couldn't be any, you know, she's been awesome with the boys, and she's helped me along the way, so it's been great. That's excellent. Good for you. That is, congratulations, you know, like you said, taking that challenge on together, so good for you. All right, so I'm going to move this along a little bit. And we're going to play a speed round. And what I need you to do is the first thing that comes to your mind when I throw out something, just say it. All right? No holding back. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. 
playing running back at St. Ed's? Honor. What's the best compliment you've ever received? You're nice. <laughs> What's the best tip for making the world a better place? Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I'm going to give you a list, and you have to pick one. All right? You have to pick one. So you have one running back for one game. You get to pick one name that I give you and then tell us why you're going to pick that guy. All right, here are the names. Cole Guest, Kevin Graven, Kelvin Farmer, Chris Mobley, or Danny Andrews? Give me that list one more time. Cole Guest, Kevin Graven, Kelvin Farmer, Chris Mobley, or Danny Andrews? Can I pick two or no? You can pick two, but you have to tell me why. I mean, Cole Gass. Cole Gass, he's just fine. Him and Farmer, Calvin. Because right. I like Calvin. Because Calvin was the coolest guy. He was always super nice to me. Um, but Cole Gass, I think, was fantastic. Speed-wise, I think he was one of the best we ever had. Second to you, maybe. They're all no. great. What do you mean, they're, Kevin Graven? Yeah, I know. It's, it's just, I mean, I don't how know. do you what pick do you one? Think? What do you think? You give me an answer. It's too hard. That's too politically charged. I don't know. It's my show. I, I'm I'm avoiding that question. Next. <laughs> okay. Cole, Cole, but no, yeah. seriously, they're all they're, the reason I put them out there is because they're all great backs, and all of them have something that you know, like Cole was. Cole and Kevin were probably the fastest, but who's the toughest mm-hmm. out of those two? Kelvin Farmer. Man, he used to do some amazing stuff in, in short yardage and being able to move the ball along. Mobley was as tough as they came. And, of course, there's you. Like, we already talked about that. You had, you were a slasher. You could give a leg, take a leg, run people over. So all of them were, were great backs. So you, well, you couldn't go well, wrong Cole picking Gass, one. So you know what, though? You think about – I would love for my last carry of my high school career – to be for a touchdown in the state championship. Can you beat that one? No. You can't, can't beat that. He's, can't. He sealed the game with that run. What do you, you know, so that's why I pick him. No, that's, that's, hey, he, and he's a winner. He won a state championship, the first one. So exactly. How do you not, how do you not pick him? All right, Danny. So do you have social media or how can people find out more about you or your company? Yeah, we got a website, Olympic Force Products Company. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we. I think we have Facebook page. I'm not that. Okay. I should be. I'm a marketing guy. I should know a little bit more. We're on That's the phone all, right. all the time. We do work business to business. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, Danny, it's been a pleasure. You're, you've always been one of the best, and I appreciate you. I wish you continued success. And like I said, this has been a huge privilege for me to have you on the podcast. So thanks once again for coming on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, and hopefully you know, we'll get together in the future, and you can buy me a beer. All right, Chris, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs>